I'm glad to have you along with us today as we continue the wisdom journey. Your teacher through all 66 books of the Bible is Stephen Davy. Stephen is the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary, located in Cary, North Carolina. Today we return to the Gospels. The world emphasizes externals, what people see and what impresses them. But Jesus teaches a different way. Stephen called this lesson, Clean Hands or a Clean Heart. Well, today in our wisdom journey, we're going to discover the Jewish leaders here in Capernaum are growing in their animosity toward Jesus. They don't like the fact that Jesus has referred to himself as the bread of life come down from heaven. Now, John's gospel records for us in chapter 7 and verse 1 that Jesus would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Yes, he came to die on a cross, but Jesus is going to determine when he dies and where. And in the meantime, some religious leaders now arrive, and they're going to try to find some kind of fault with him. Matthew's gospel picks up their conversation with the Lord in chapter 15 and verse 1. Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Now, you need to understand the Pharisees were teaching that if you ate your food with ceremonially purified hands, well, that was a guarantee that you're going to be able to eat bread in the kingdom of God. In other words, you got into heaven if your hands were clean, (laughs) never mind anything about your heart. Now, Mark's gospel adds something for us in chapter 7 and verse 2, tells us that these religious uh, leaders saw that some of Jesus' disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. I mean, didn't the disciples understand that, you know, this business of hand washing uh, was a tradition, verse 3 says, of the elders? Now, elders refers to ancient Jewish leaders. These aren't just rules. These are ancient rules carried along by these elders. So doesn't Jesus understand that he isn't obeying the rules? Well, in their eyes, Jesus is a a rather rebellious maverick. He's he's sort of coloring outside the lines of of religion. And, And they've arrived here now to set him straight. But Jesus is the one who's going to do the straightening out here. He's going to refuse to let their tradition become more important than the truth. He says to them here in Mark chapter 7 and verse 6, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, Jesus is saying here, you Pharisees are wearing a mask before everyone who sees you. Uh, Your hands are clean. In fact, there probably isn't any dirt under their fingernails, by the way, but there's dirt, as it were, all over their hearts. And Jesus isn't finished with them either. He now reveals the hidden motive of their hearts in in, in one specific area. Verse 10, Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, 
if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, that is, it's dedicated to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down, and many such things you do. Well, Jesus just pulls out this rather convicting illustration. The Pharisees didn't want to part with any of their money, even though the fifth commandment was very clear that grown children are to honor their parents, their mother and father. Frankly, that command was more about caring for parents in their old age than it was in saying, uh, yes, sir, or or no, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Now, now, there's nothing wrong with saying yes, sir, no, ma'am. That's That's how my mother trained me as a little boy. But this commandment has more to do with financially supporting aging parents. And to get around using their money to care for their aging parents, these Pharisees were effectively saying, you know, mom and dad, we're so sorry. I've got some extra money, but guess what? I dedicated that to God. It's Corbin. It's dedicated to God. Now, no doubt that that sounded very religious, very spiritual, but it was nothing more than religious baloney, just hot air, and it was make-believe piety. Now, at this point, Jesus addresses the earlier issue of eating food with unwashed hands. He says here in verse 15, there is nothing outside a person that, that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Now, Jesus isn't making a scientific statement here about germs. He's making a spiritual statement about sin. You see, the scribes and Pharisees were concerned about externals, like clean hands and and kosher foods. They, They thought as long as they followed the rules, they were clean. They were actually holy. Well, Jesus says here that the source of real defilement before God is internal. It has to do with a sinful heart. You can't clean sin off your heart with soap. In fact, you can't clean sin off your hands, no matter how many times you wash. See, external acts cannot clean your heart. Only faith in Jesus can cleanse your heart and your conscience through his sacrifice for your sin. You're never going to be able to rid yourself of sin by washing behind your ears or lighting candles in a sanctuary or praying five times a day on your knees. Well, let me ask this question. Is it possible for genuine believers to fall into the trap of religious hypocrisy? The answer is absolutely. In fact, let me suggest a few things we we need to watch out for as believers. First, we can become guilty of hypocrisy when we're more interested in religious traditions than biblical teaching. The favorite saying of a church all bound up by tradition is, We're going to do what we do because we've always done it that way. You see, religious traditions are like sacred cows. And let me tell you, it might do you or your church some good to barbecue one of those sacred cows every once in a while. It's far too easy for any Christian or religious organization to start equating traditional practices with biblical teaching. Here's the second thing to watch out for. Uh, We're in danger of hypocrisy when we're more concerned with the operations of a church than the objectives of a church. You know, one very divisive issue today in the church is music. 
To many people, the music in the church, frankly, is more important than the mission of the church. Well, who said you can't have musical instruments in the church? Who said that the only instruments cleared for worship are the piano and the organ? I can't find a verse anywhere on that tradition. In fact, I can't find a verse at all about the worship service starting at 11 a.m. and ending at 12 instead of 10.30 and ending at 11.30. Beloved, I don't, I don't think the, the devil tries to destroy a local church as much as he tries to distract it and divide it. Instead of attacking the church, I'm pretty convinced the devil often simply joins the church. He, he provides ammunition for both sides of some silly little argument, and then he watches the fighting, all the division taking place. See, we too easily forget that we've been given two primary objectives as New Testament churches, to evangelize the world for Jesus and to equip the saints for service. These are two explicit commands given by the Lord, and we must never allow ourselves to be distracted from them. Here's something else to watch out for. Third, we fall into hypocrisy when we're more interested in outward ceremony than inward commitment. See, when you leave that church service, if you're thinking more about how good it made you feel than how you want to be more obedient to Christ, it's possible that you've slipped on the mask of hypocrisy, and and it took place even before you got out of the parking lot. So be careful. Here's a fourth thing to watch out for. We're in danger of being governed by hypocrisy when we're more diligent about our external appearances before people than our internal motives before God. You know, the solution to hypocrisy in all its forms is genuine holiness. That is, a heart that follows after God. And let me encourage you, the holiness of God's character began to work inside you when you came to faith in Jesus Christ. He gave you a new heart. He gave you new desires to live a holy life. You're now more troubled about sin than you've ever been. And as Jesus has explained to these religious leaders, a holy or a clean life doesn't happen because you follow human traditions, but because you follow the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And, and, and what does your life look like when you're following the Spirit of God? Well, the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit's presence in our lives is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's over in Galatians chapter 5. So today, beloved, let's steer clear of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy focuses on externals. It follows the rules and traditions of man without any scriptural backing. Let's, let's continue developing holy lives as we submit to the Holy Spirit. Well, with that, we're out of time for today. Until we set sail again on our wisdom journey, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
We'd be really interested to hear your comments regarding this wisdom journey through the Bible. If you have a comment, a question, or would like more information about our ministry, you can send us an email. Address it to info at wisdomonline.org. We have a special place on our website where Stephen answers questions that have come in from listeners. If you come across a passage that's confusing or encounter a teaching that you need to have clarified, Stephen would like to help you. You might find it interesting to visit our website and see what others have asked and read Stephen's answers. So, anytime you have a question regarding the Bible or the Christian faith or a comment about our ministry, send it to info at wisdomonline.org. And I hope we hear from you. Join us again next time.